Hello, good evening, and welcome to another edition of the Arena Craft Podcast, a show focused exclusively on Magic the Gathering Arena and wedding gossip. My name is Arjun. I'm one of your hosts. Sorry, Soren couldn't show up this week, so uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Everybody, everybody now. When I use that freaking avatar, <laughs> calls it the Arjuna avatar. I'm not, like <laughs> yes. serious problem. Uh, you ruined Twitch yes. chat. So good work on that. <laughs> you'll you'll have to stick to Jace, CGB. You'll have to stick. The to The V-neck Jace. enthusiasts of the world apparently can't be told apart. <laughs> I mean, hey, dude, he's a you know he's a stud. We all know it. So, uh, yes, by the way, joining us today is uh, Jace's day off, Covert Go Blue, and uh, we are stoked to get into Crimson Vow today. Yeah. The set just dropped. We've both had like two days, two-ish days to play it, and uh, how's the vibe check, CGB? How you feeling? Well, I'm always excited to record the Arena Craft podcast, and if I... It's been going through my head what I want to say about this set in this format for the like falling asleep last night it was just going through my head the same line over and over so as much as i like to keep it positive and exciting and of course i always strive to be entertaining if i'm truthful with you this is how i sum it up in a line the new set i love the cards i hate the format (laughs) yeah yeah dude oh my goodness I have some of my own gripes to level, um, so yeah, we're, we're going to get into that. Um, I have some meta-related stuff. I have some general arena-related stuff to talk about. So it's going to be it's going to be a packed show here. Uh, first, I just wanted to mention an exciting partnership which we've finalized, which is that the ArenaCraft podcast is now officially sponsored by Untapped.gg. I feel like unless you've been living under a rock, you probably already would know about untapped.gg. CGB has been using it and also been partnered with them for a while now. And so it's something that we're both really like really using on a day to day basis. Really great place to track your stats. They recently added a collection tracker, which has been a, a huge feature for me because I'm kind of a completionist and I like to keep track on how things are going. Also, you know, they've had really good metagame tracking stats. And usually, I mean, it's a bit early in the format right now, but usually when Kovac, Goblu, and I are actually going to like check out meta games and try to get any kind of data, we're both consulting untap.gg. So if you're not already using it, I highly recommend it. It's a deck tracker. It's a stats tracker. It's a collection tracker. It's tracking a lot of really good stuff. Anything you want to add, CGB, about untap.gg? Uh, yeah. Link is going to be like in the description. And if you click through and try it out, it does support the podcast now that we've got that cooking. So please try it out. It's free. Yep, exactly. We get a very small amount, but it is an amount from untap.gg whenever you follow that link. And uh, so if you were going to download it, we appreciate you doing it through our link. Keeps them happy. It keeps us happy. It's also a way you can support the show uh, without having to spend any money. So yeah, please go ahead and check it out. Untap.gg is the nuts. It's one of those things that like I think both CGB and I were already using before either of us were sponsored with it. So that just goes to show it's a great product. Totally free, so there's nothing to not like about it. Okay, CGB, I also want to talk about the format and how it feels. Yes. But first of all, I kind of wanted to level a more general gripe. Okay, 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 we got Gripe Corner. We're starting off a show, the first show (laughs) with Crimson Vow Legal. 
I got my little dig in there as the tease, and now we're going straight to Gripe Corner. What you got for us this time? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Is it people not playing with new cards, not crafting new cards this time? Because that's what it was last time. Is it the same? It's the same. It is the same. You got it. You got it. I I guess I've become pretty predictable, but I've got a new angle on it, okay? Okay. So we're going to go for the jugular this time. Why would we not? It's a vampire set. So last time... I kind of phrased it like it was an arena player problem, but in kind of just thinking about it more and also in seeing some of the responses to that kind of previous podcast that I'd done, I'm really starting to think that it's a case of don't hate the player, hate the game. Oh, we're oh, we're trying to repair and like rephrase the argument because last time we we ignited a little bit of controversy. I understand. Reputation control you know, is important, brand is important. Go on, Arjuna. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I appreciate the subtle dagger there, but honestly, crafties, you know, if I'm in a foul mood, I'll just rake into you. I have no problem doing that. So this is, this is not my desire to repair things with you, even though that would be a very political and diplomatic thing to do. But no, I actually genuinely, genuinely, I've been thinking about it and I've been feeling like set release is the most exciting time on arena. Like, bar none. Would you agree? Yes, for many different reasons, but go on. It's supposed to be, right? It's supposed to be, like, the four or five times that we get, like, a new standard playable set on Arena. Like, those weekends are supposed to be highlights. Hell yes. You know what I mean? They're supposed to be, like, the those first dates that we look back on, right? Like, oh, honey, do you remember when we were just riding high and we had that first or second date? We, like, painted the town red and everything was great and it was just fireworks, right? Like, we're supposed to feel that way about set releases. And I just, like... I can't tell you, I already have told you, I don't need to labor how depressing it is to go onto the ladder and to just play like mono white, match after match after match. Or, you know, depending on which little personal hell the matchmaker wants to put you in, for some people it was is it, for some people it was mono green. Regardless, it's just a super bummer. And it, what it made me think was that I feel like Wizards is really dropping the ball on incentivizing people to play new cards with set release. And I think that there's, we could spend a whole episode talking about how that part of the game could be improved. But suffice it to say, there are so many different options that an involved dev team could implement if they wanted to make sure that people played new cards on the set release. So, for example, I remember when Eldraine released, they had that little, like, no-holds-barred weekend or, or, like, little segment where you could just play any card you wanted. And I don't know about you, CGB, but, like, I tried a lot of decks and I did a lot of crafting after that because, you know, I played, like, some Fires of Invention stuff that was really sweet. I played some Mono Green stuff that was really sweet. It kind of got me going on a number of different decks. And, you know, frankly, like, it could even just be as simple as, like... Okay, how cool would this be, right? So on set release day, you get one of those big like pop-ups, right? Like when you launch Arena, when, after a banning or after any big thing, they give you like that little check it out window or whatever. Here are your rewards or whatever. So on set release day, they could give you a little pop-up and it would just give you like maybe three tribal decks, right? Like 
Try this human's deck. Try this vampire's deck. Try this zombie's deck. And, you know, it doesn't have to be like amazing cards. They don't have to make it rain with a bunch of rares, but they could just give you like a very, very solid, you know, like playable on the ladder. You're going to get some wins, like good mix of commons and uncommons, chuck in a couple rares, just like solid vampire deck or whatever. And I mean, that could just be like a great basis for getting someone trying out vampires, right? Or... I just I feel like there are so many different things that they could do to incentivize people to play new cards or at least to try them out. Right. And so it really made me think that it's like this combination of people feeling like the economy is against them. They don't have enough wild cards. They don't have any incentive. Basically, there's no incentive for them to not just play mono white. Right. Like, especially if they've been playing historic, they're like, I already have Thalia. I'm just going to chuck three Thalias into my deck. Hit send. Let's go. So anyway, I, I'm just I feel like Wizards is really leaving a lot on the table by giving us basically nothing. We get three free packs. That's it. If we know the code, right? If we know about the code, which a lot of people probably don't even, then we get three free packs. And that's it. That's it, gamers. That's all you get for a new set release. I don't know, CGB. This is what I've been thinking about. What are you thinking about? Obviously, that's an argument that resonates. I had some people in chat calling it free pack day, not Crimson Vow release day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It burns, but it's true. Yeah, it it like holds, like it's that important. It's that big of a deal that you actually get free packs. Now, you could say you get your dailies every day, but obviously those aren't exactly free. I'm going to take another stab at this because I think you're right. I think that they could do things to encourage people to play with the new cards and in interesting ways. 100% could. Don't know if they're going to. That's definitely up to their event organizing. But I I think if you want to see actual meta shift starting from day one and interesting matchups using new cards, the challenge becomes what got us into the pickle that we got into with Eldraine, which is make the new cards good. Which, if you tweak that dial too far, you get Eldraine. And you get all the things that happened around Eldraine and after Eldraine. And this set is a very safe-ish set. And uh, something we talked about on the show for the last few weeks. If a certain deck is already pushed, and you make the best cards in the set good for that deck, what is the point? Because... I'm sure that every content creator, keep in mind, content creators were paid by the eyeballs, man. Like, we need the eyeballs. So people want to see that vampires look good. I guarantee (laughs) that most content creators from day one went out and grabbed some vampire decks to see what they could do. Untapped GG says that vampires on day one, 48% win rate. You know, so it comes out on a losing record. So, okay, you know, could be worse. Maybe we need to tune it. Maybe we need to tweak it. Maybe we need to change it. But let me tell you something. How successful do you feel with your 48% win rate when you derank through Platinum? It doesn't feel successful. So let me offer you Mono White Aggro, which has a 62% win rate on day one. How could you say something so controversial yet so brave, Kovac Goblu? <laughs> I'm just saying, when you give the best deck... The best new cards. Like, you don't even have to craft to play that. In fact, a lot of people playing this archetype probably didn't craft anything new whatsoever. But other ones are just like, well, I mean, I'm like 18 wild cards away from this new vampire list. And I'm three wild cards away from a complete mono white. And I could be winning instead of losing. They're not going to rationalize it. They're not going to analyze it the way we just talked about it. It's a feeling. 
it's, oh yay, it's vampire day. I go out on the ladder and I lose and I lose and screw it. Back to mono white. Let's go. I like winning. It's more fun. It's just about the format has a few obvious decks that are too pushed. I think the design side of this could be tackling the diversity issue in maybe a healthier way. Well, you raise a great point. And I think one of the things that I think is a play here is that Wizards has these design cycles, which are clearly larger than one set. It's clear, for example, that they decided that Is It was a color combination that they were going to push. So they've released these successive sets with Is It cards. It was clearly happening previously with Simic. And I don't know if you remember, but Simic was like, kind of an edge case deck for a long time it was like a number of sets were getting simic cards like for example what was the um the the counter dude the the blue blue green green counter flash three two frilled mystic frilled mystic right so they they printed frilled mystic and memas like me were playing frilled mystic like sets before that card was actually playable right but eventually it all came together because they printed enough cards to make the archetype work so it's clear that they're doing that with simic it's clear that they did that with mono green it's clear they did that with mono white it's also clear that they wanted to kind of turn the faucet off on mono red dude this time two years ago white was considered unplayable, unplayable. yeah exactly unplayable and so so we're clearly in the midst of a design cycle where white's really pushed is it's really pushed and mono green i think has been pushed for a while and they were just like well you know f it like sure we're just going to keep printing some of the best cards in the set into this archetype why not right like if we're already riding high let's just keep freaking i don't know what the rationale is with mono green honestly because mono green's been like playable <laughs> forever it's, it's been literally playable forever it was considered like like people didn't respect That's it. That's true. Uh, again, you go back two years, like the Steel Leaf Paladin deck. There was Llanowar Elves and Steel Leaf Paladin legal yeah. and standard, and people didn't respect Mono Green. It was considered like a way worse than Mono White, Mono Red, Esper Control, yeah. like very tier two to three. So, nah, I I get it. But at some point, it all bleeds together. And it's like, why are we, why do we try these other things? Like, some of this stuff is just so good. And in the meantime, it, I don't know, playing other strategies feels so, so bad. I busted out, spent my four mythic wildcards on Chandra, dressed to kill. Oh, did you? Okay. And I built a few different decks, a burn deck, or a, kind of a more ramp mid-rangey deck. Uh, some were is it, some were mono red. Play Q, because it's the middle of the freaking night. I'm falling asleep. I don't care about ranked right now. Play Q with a new Chandra deck. 11 games against mono white, seven against mono green, zero against anything else. <laughs> like oh, it hit the matchmaker in, the in that perfect, perfect spot <laughs> where they said, you're just getting this and it's all you're getting. And it was oh, not fun. <laughs> Yeah, so how how motivated were you, Kovaco Blue, after that run to uh, keep playing good old Chandra? That deck has been deleted, and I'm I I will have nightmares about what happened to my Mythic Wildcards. <laughs> I feel like you probably went into the bathroom and pulled out your like flashy thing from Men in Black, and you just flashy thinged yourself on the spot. Right? That was the only way to sleep. I was too salty and raging to fall asleep. <laughs> it was a, it was a disaster. I'm so tired today. <laughs> Oh my god. So unfortunately, there are just too many stories like that. And so I think that unfortunately, Kovac Go Blue, you ran into that perfect Venn diagram of like magic design kind of boning you and then (laughs) arena matchmaking kind of boning you, right? I will say this. I will say this. 
You probably slept through all this or had to work. Both are acceptable. At least I could join games. Yes, it was only a problem for a short time, and I have to give them props. Once they pushed out that quick emergency fix, it was pretty much as smooth as butter, right? That short time for a content creator was the first three hours of the set's legality in Eastern Standard Prime Time <laughs> for most of the streamers who use that time slot. So I understand Fair that enough. this is no big deal for you West Coasters, but for the people who stayed up late in Europe and for the East Coasters who are doing a, a nine to five streaming gig, it was a disaster, a disaster that you couldn't even join a match with Sparky. To, to show off the new cards Oof. or decks. Like Oof, you were just no locked sparky. out. And a lot of people joined the draft queues right away and just lost yep. their drafts. Now, apparently you can get refunds by opening support tickets. So do that if you lost a draft, please. So public announcement. But uh, mm. what the hell? I, I filled time on my stream while we couldn't make matches. I pulled up a Yahoo Finance video of Chris Cox talking about how Wizards of the Coast has revenue up 32% last quarter year over year that's over 2020 that's not 2020 that's over 2020 32 percent increase on what they call the leading digital ccg client in the world magic arena and they can't really do a set launch and get the first few hours right it's it's unbelievable we could belabor this point but i'm just gonna mention it in passing that like if this were an unprecedented issue, like, oh, whoops, for this event, it didn't go right. We had to push out a fix, whatever. Why is it every time, Kovac? Every Why time. Why is it every literal time? It's every like, time. whoops, we didn't see this coming. Like, come on, dude. What What's going on? I mean, it's acceptable, right? That That's what it's saying, is that it's acceptable. Like, Legend, a really good YouTuber, had a 12-minute video that he put up because he couldn't get in a match. <laughs> I mean, he and I make similar videos, Thir you know, 40 minutes to an hour is our runtime. He put up a 12 minute video with one game and he couldn't join another match. Awesome. <laughs> Content. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Crokey's was enjoying it. He went to Just, bed. Yeah. He gave up. Yeah, he yeah. gave up. Uh, and, yeah. and, and that is and that is a <laughs> loss, because whatever you think of Crokey's, he's the most watched magic streamer. Yeah, he probably had like four or five thousand people on his channel. Yeah. 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 I mean, he packed it in because you just couldn't make a game. I sat around watching the cinematic trailer, MTG Remy videos. Anyway, it's a whole thing. Yeah. We got through it, but every time? Come on. Anyway, I'm sure they didn't just come here to hear the complaints. Well, yeah, exactly. But I, I think I think we'd be remiss if we didn't, you know, A of all, just highlight that the technical issues continue, and B of all, highlight that, like, some of the new set blues also continue. And so I think that that transitions us into the standard matter, which we've, you know, we've both been looking forward to talking about. So Kovaco Blue, you led off by saying that there are a bunch of exciting new cards, but you hate the matter. Now, does this go beyond just the whole like mono white got Thalia, mono green got a wolf? Is it got good cards? End of story. Like, is that where the story ends? Or like, is there more to your distaste of the current format? So I think that there are some new cards that add wrinkles to matchups 
But I think that the only thing that's really interesting is to figure out which blue tools to beat other blue decks and the two main aggro decks with. I think that's like the only chess match that's going on. So to kind of answer this, it's probably best to dive into like individual cards and be like, well, this is why it's really interesting. But then here's the application. Let's go to Hole Breacher Horror. Let's, let's, <laughs> okay. let's, let's release Starts the Kraken. The bang. Yeah, let's let's unleash the freaking Kraken. By the way, I don't know if you saw my tweet. Literal first rare opened in the set. How are you feeling about it now? Did you actually play it? Or I'll let you kind of lead the way then. Uh, yes. I put Kraken in admittedly a deck that was probably not the right shell for it. Laughably bad. Vomit-inducingly bad. One of the worst seven you drops I've ever in, played in like, Magic. You put it in like Simic Ramp, didn't you? I did. I did. So basically, <laughs> basically, hey, I didn't have high hopes. All right, uh, I'll put it right out there. Not, not a great test of the card. I saw a couple of people added me, tweeted at me. Hey, I tried some Simic lists. You know, a couple, couple cracking lists. Why don't you try it out? And I was like, sure. You know what? Let's see if this is a card worth ramping into. Yeah, it's not a card worth ramping into. So. He's blaming Twitter. <laughs> hey, I wouldn't have done it, man. I wouldn't have done it. If, I mean, you know me and that card, dude. We are not friends. Okay. Yeah, I gotcha. So we've successfully answered the question of, is the Kraken just a strong seven drop card that you can just kind of drop into any deck and expect it to perform? Absolutely not. So that was the question that I answered for myself. So now let's pivot over to you, Covert Go Blue. I'm sure you're going to have a lot of good insights for us about like where it is actually good, if it is good. I, but I don't know. Like I know that you were playing with it. So how did it pan out for you? I think this card is... It's a paradigm-shifting thing in that you don't have to be the Epiphany deck anymore because when the Epiphany deck runs into the Horror deck, it becomes really hard for the Epiphany deck to resolve an Epiphany. You can build it all around. Your sorcery gets beat by my Flash card. Because if you pair any instant at all with the horror, you can bounce the epiphanies and they're just spending seven mana and getting nothing for it. And it's like I said, if you ever actually untap and have mana and cards in hand with the card, it, the game is just a disaster. And if you're in a blue mirror where both players do nothing, there's no excuse not to have some things to pair with the card. So it totally changes the dynamic of that matchup from being an epiphany battle to being a, a kraken battle. But my God is Holebreaker Horror versus Holebreaker Horror battles disgustingly lame. Yeah. And there's no out. <laughs> there's no good out. You like, I, I am telling oh you, man, there is no escape when, when the epiphany mirror was one of the dumbest mirrors ever. And we talked about this on the yeah. show before. It felt like it was pointless and stupid throughout, but whole breaker horror versus whole breaker horror yeah. mirrors are how? How do you get out of this card? How do you escape just this card plus anything from either side when both people have it? I don't know. And I haven't solved it. And it comes down a lot to who has the mana to play a couple spells. But it it feels so... It, it's mind-melding. And I love Holebreaker Horror as long as the rest of the world hasn't figured out how to play these mirrors. So, like, a deck that I'm running is... It's blue and red. That should surprise you a lot considering where the power lies in the format. And it's basically, you cut the epiphanies, you cut the galvanic iterations, you keep Leer, you keep Unexpected Windfall, you keep Holebreaker Horror, you keep Smoldering Egg, 
And I mean, if they deal with the smoldering egg that flips and they deal with the leer, you eventually play the horror and they don't get to resolve spells or have battlefields. I've played the horror where I was probably behind by about seven to eight permanents on board and I play it on end step. By the time my opponent untaps, they have nothing, nothing. It's insane how far this card can drag you back into a game. Combined with leer, that's you gross. never run out of spells. That's, that's a gross combo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I like it's 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 wow. So this this is what it's been making me. I was when we were talking about it last week, it was kind of in the back of my mind that it made me wonder if people are going to be switching to Grixis decks just to get like some hand disruption to try to get it out of the hand before it becomes a problem. Do you think that that's a place that the format is likely to end up as a result? Maybe it's it's something that doesn't always work against Epiphany because of Fertel, but it works against the horror because it does sit there for a long time until it doesn't. Because the other card that I've been playing a lot of, and I'm up to four copies in this deck that is new, is Jacob Hawking. Oh, really? The Inspector. Because, all right, this card doesn't work the way anybody thinks it does. Mm. It's it's actually kind of insane. So we, we were talking a lot about the timing with this card, that when you tap it, you draw the card, yep. and then you exile the card from your hand face down, and, and then, then you, you may pay, pay six, and if you do, right. it turns into an enchantment, and then you get a free spell. Where is there a window to respond to any of this, right? Mm -hmm. And it turns out they do have to respond to the initial tap before you decide whether or not to pay six. Yeah. Not only that, there's this weird thing that happens, that you can do this at instant speed, and what happens is if you do this on your opponent's end step and they don't respond to the trigger, you pay the six. It transforms into an enchantment. And if the opponent didn't go into full control or set stops and you didn't, oh, it just passes it the skips. Ten. It passes oh, straight to the upkeep brutal. trigger and you have a free spell available if it's an instant speed spell. Uh, yeah. Arena, fix yourself, man. That's, oh that's, yeah. That's rough. You, so, oh yeah. If, if it's your opponent's end step and they might pay for this Jacob Hawken, you have to set stops. Like yeah. you need to set stops on the end step and the upkeep because there's an opportunity there to still like divide by zero the enchantment sure. or to interact with it somehow before they get their free spell on their turn. But Arena doesn't give you the chance. Arena just skips right through. And next thing you know, you're sitting there like, oh, I can play this Leer for zero now. I can play this horror, this Hullbreaker horror. And that's a combo, by the way. Oof. I can play play this Hullbreaker horror Oof. for zero now. That's right. Yeah? And you, you get to choose, right? Because you choose the discard. <laughs> yep, that's right. So you just set it all up. Remind me how that card works. You discard into exile. Is that how it works? I'll read the text on the front side. Draw a card, tap it, draw a card, then exile a card from your hand face mm, down. Okay. You may look at the card for as long as it remains exiled. You may pay for blue blue. If you do, transform Jacob Hawken, mm. Inspector, into Hawken's Insight, Legendary Enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library face down. You may look at the card for as long as it remains exiled once for each of your turns. And that's a big deal. <laughs> You may play a land or cast a spell from among cards exiled with this without paying its mana cost. So this card and Lear have like kind of melded for mm. me because you do not want to play this with counter spells. Yeah, that makes sense. You also don't want to play it with memory deluge because you play it for zero. You actually get nothing. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> they yeah. thought about that, right? I'm sure they thought about that it, interaction. Oh. It hurts me. It hurts because that's like my two of my favorite blue cards can't play oh together anymore. My God. That's awesome. Like the card is really good. Between I feel 
and the matchmaker's been giving me a lot of blue matchups. Plus, there's just a lot of is it and high mythic anyway. I feel invincible with four Jacob Hawkins inspectors and four smoldering eggs. Like, they have to keep dealing with my two mana cards. And eventually, I'm going to unexpected windfall and then play Holebreaker Horror. And they're never going to resolve anything. And I'm not even going to counter any spells. I'm just going to bounce spells on the stack the whole game. I don't even have counter spells in my blue deck right now. And I'm beating other blue decks. It's gross. So it just, it becomes like a mana, like a mana fight, right? It's just like, how much did that spell cost? How much did my response cost? Can I keep cards, you know, available to cast? All that kind of stuff. I feel like, dude, one of the biggest beats on Hallbreaker Horror is that eight toughness. You can tell that they thought about it. They were like, we want this thing to be able to block Hall of Storm Giants, right? And that's so nasty, dude. Like, at least give us that. At least give us a good attack. At least make us pay the freaking Ward 3 to deal with that, right? But no, it just freaking, it just chump attacks stop, into it. Stop hating. Stop hating on the horror. This is, this is, this is all good stuff. We should just be clowning on like these freaking lands, uh, these free roll seven uh. sevens. It's, we should you be, could tell. We should it's, be flashing in and eating them, you know, baby. It, it just bothers me that, like, you could tell that they designed it that way, you know? It's no accident. It just tilts me. Anyway. <laughs> you just... <laughs> what? A, I mean, come on. Release the Kraken. Come on. You gotta be excited about this card at some point. Did you ever try it in anything good? No, mostly just because I haven't been playing, like, good Kraken decks. I played against it once. It beat me, although it was one of those situations where, like, any... Seven drop from the opponent would have beaten me. Like they could have played an Onyx. They could have played anything, right? I was already out of gas. So, I mean, it, you're sure it was powerful. It's powerful when it resolved. Are you, have you tried, uh, Jacob Hawken yet? No. Or are you more inspired to after this discussion? Yeah. Jacob, it, like hearing you talk about Jacob, it does sound pretty sweet. And it does, it does sound to me like it's fitting nicely into those kind of control shells that you like to play. Oh, yeah. It's also kind of, it's underrated how if you just put this out on turn five, like the opponent like has to stop what they're doing because Jacob's about to ruin the game that they're used to. Yeah. You know, they have to like, whoa, 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 what's this? How do I kill it? When do I kill it? You well, know? it just has so like, much freaking have text to on to it, window. right? Like, it's yeah. just one of those things where you're just unlikely to play well against it the first couple of times it comes down. That's cool, man. I'm I'm really glad that the inspectors getting some good play from you and you know it's been kind of living up to its potential because i think that card's really sweet and i'm glad that it's not like a total unplayable it's, i'm glad it's not like a strixhaven level of unplayable flip card yeah and it's another card that warps the blue mirrors so the blue mirrors have gone from being unplayable miserable to being unplayable exciting uh, to being and i think it'll get to this point when the epiphany deck takes a backseat and people are in on this whole breaker horror stuff it's gonna be hell (laughs) hell it's gonna be the worst dude i'm just gonna be the like four concealing curtains gamer i'm just gonna be the freaking hand hater dude that's that's my answer i'm not interested in fighting that fight i just want to like solve the problem before it's even a problem have you played some Concealing Curtains yet? No, I haven't. So let me tell you what I've been playing. The The archetype which really jumped out to me from this set was what I would like to call zombie control. And so mm-hmm. this is basically, I've been w- trying to work on like the Demir Rogues 
ish deck of this format, right? You triggered a lot of people with that one. Oh, you, you're triggering dude. people, but I get it. I get it's it. It's been on. so much fun, man. It's just been so much fun. <laughs> so I've been playing the, uh, what is it called? Skull Zombie, I believe. It's the Exploit Zombie, which uh, anytime a non token creature exploits, you get a 2-2 zombie. This card's been every bit as good as I thought it might be. One of the amazing play patterns of the deck that you line up very easily is you go turn one, either you play your uh, Shambling Ghast or you play your Eye Twitch. Turn two, you play Skull Zombie. Sack your... For for people at home, it's Skull Scab. Oh, Skull Scab, that's what it is. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So Skull skull scab. Scab. So you play the Skull Scab. On turn two, you sack the thing, you get a free zombie, and then you get whatever value you got out of your sacked dog, all right? On turn three, you play your stinger, and you sack skull scab, and you get another free zombie. So now you've gotten two free zombies out of skull scab, right? So now you have a stinger and two zombies on the board. This is turn three. You've also drawn two cards. It's pretty much as nasty of an opening as it sounds like it is, especially if you're on the play. The nice thing about this is that you can untap, and if you have the perfect curve, you have overcharged Amalgam in your hand, which is the 3-3 exploit scab, which counts as a spell when you exploit a creature. And so I've had so many games with this deck where you just get out like a fast board of zombies in the first couple of turns, and then you just protect them with your scab. As soon as your opponent tries to wrath the board or do anything else, you counter it. Now you have an extra threat and it plays that very, very familiar game. It feels a lot like the Simic flash decks of Yor, where like you try to interact, they counter it and put a threat down. You try to interact, they counter it and put a threat down and you're just dead, right? Anyway, this is, I, I actually recommend like for any crafties looking for like, a a really new archetype in the format. I would definitely recommend this deck. I've been having a lot of fun playing it. Another cool thing to note about it is that the only four rares that I had to craft to build this deck were the overcharged amalgam. The entire rest of the list is commons and uncommons. And a lot of them, like if you've played any kind of like Rakdos deck or whatever, you'll already have like the rest of the shell, basically, because it's basically just your whole like treasure sack package. The deck's been doing, I mean, I'm not ready to like give a pronouncement on how good I think it is, but I've had positive win rates. I think I'm like 60% in best of one. And I think I'm something like 66% in best of three. I'm currently in diamond. The deck, when it's running well, it feels unbeatable. I've had excellent matchups against Is It, which have felt great. You kind of have all the tools that you need. You have hand disruption. You have early aggression. You have interaction. A lot of times I've managed to kill my Izzet opponents before they even reach seven mana. So it has the potential to be a nightmare matchup. They do, of course, if they're running enough copies of um, the two damage Wrath, what's that one called? Cinderclasm. Yeah, so if they're running enough copies of Cinderclasm, they can get you in the right spots and kind of slow you down a lot. But that's the only problem I run into. So that was one of the, my draws to playing the deck was that I think it has a really good Izzet matchup. And then, of course, you get to run sweet cards like Crippling Fear, which, you know, against Mono White or any of these new tribal decks is just a total destroyer. So, you know, if you spend the first couple turns like getting a little wide zombie board and you, you take a little bit of damage, you avoid doing some trades and then you just Crippling Fear your opponent's vampire board away and the game's pretty much over. Yeah, that sounds fun. 
Yeah, I found that card to be good. It's been good against three decks that I've played. It can be fairly good against werewolves as long as you don't let them get their wolves flipped. Because uh, surprising number of those wolves have four toughness when they flip, which is really annoying. Four toughness is definitely like the inflection point in terms of toughness in this format. Parasitic Grasp no longer kills them. Crippling Fear no longer kills them. None of the red burn spells kill them unless you have like, you know, the dragon turning it on or something like that. Anyway, I'll I'll post a link to the deck in the show notes. I think it's it, it's been really fun for me and like I said it's a total budget deck. So if you just want something fun to play and especially if you're like one of those memers who really enjoyed Demir Rogues, this this deck it's very different and it's not nearly as good as that deck was, but a deck can still be quite good without having to clear the bar of being as good as Demir Rogues. I'm looking at the list on Twitter at ArenaCraftPod <laughs> on Twitter. We had some similar ideas. The version that I was playing didn't run the Skull Scab or the Blade Stitch Scab. It ran four shades, uh, four Skyclave shades. Oh, so you're a bit more of an aggressive build. And it ran two Graft Reavers, the two mana 3-3 three, three that does one damage to you, exploits to destroy a Planeswalker. So like that spot was different, but most of the rest of the deck was the same. And I I found the deck really potent. I also had four divide by zeros instead of two divide and two syncopate. Mm, okay. And instead of your crippling fear and some of your removals, I had meat hook massacre. <laughs> yeah, I tried massacre and it was so... I had such a hard time figuring out like whether I wanted to play it, how many I wanted to play, which spots I wanted to play it in. It has obvious possibility of like you have a wide board of zombies and then you just use the massacre to finish your opponent off. You can also accrue some, you know, incidental advantage over the game because you're sacking a bunch of stuff. I found it hard to fit in myself, but yeah, I definitely think that there's potential. And so it might just be correct to to run that and just like learn how to pick your spots with it. I've got a I've got a problem. It's called divide by zero meat hook massacre. I'm <laughs> I can't. It's hard for me to stop. Fair enough. But I think that it's kind of trying to do the same thing. I found the shades were like killers really? in the deck. Yeah, I found Skyclave Shade was an absolute beast. And usually I hate that card, especially in best of yeah. one because it can't block. And but man, when when you have meat hook massacre to kind of get your life back and clear the board so you can be defensive, uh, crippling fear would probably feel similar, although not as good now that you have more non zombies. The shade hitting for three, the fell stinger hitting for three, the amalgam hitting for three. It was like I was counting to 21. You know, we need yeah. seven hits yeah. for three and the game is over. And I can't tell you how many times I flashed in amalgam and sacked nothing. Oh, yeah. Just because I wanted a little bit faster and then the next turn the opponent tried to sweep the board or whatever and I divide by zero and they're dead. Yeah. Like we get into these spots game after game where it's like turn four, turn five. It doesn't feel like either player did much. It doesn't look like we have a good presence, but here it is. Okay, I make a shade and uh, maybe I sack it to the fell stinger and I bring it back. My opponent spends their turn, I don't know, deploying like some stuff, taking like a middling turn. I untap and now I have overcharged amalgam and I hit you for six. The, it's on. Like the countdown is on. Yeah. You're going to die really fast yeah. and any interaction you try to have that's like big is gonna get wrecked so i found it a very sneaky deck i agree yeah you can really get your opponents especially when they're just not really sure what you're going for i'm not sure whether this is gonna be like a tier deck in the format but the initial results have been convincing enough that I think it's an archetype worth exploring. I do think that there is like a potential best version of the deck, and I think that it could actually be really good in certain meta games. So I wouldn't be surprised if this deck ends up being some kind of a player, especially if like in the next couple of sets they 
they bulk it out a little bit, give us a few more good flash threats. Don't look now, but Crokey's ran a tournament. Did you see no. this? Okay, he, he ran a tournament today, and the top 16 is tomorrow. It's single elimination. Yeah. It's new standard, so literally it's like been out for two days, nice. and there's a tournament here. And so one of the five Odex has all the cards that we're kind of talking about here. Shamling Ghast, Eye Twitch, Overcharge Amalgam, Fell Stinger. It also has Sedgemore Witch and Jadar, Ghoul Collar of Nathalia oh, for the two drops. Sedgemore Whereas, is something I didn't consider, but that could be really interesting. But it also has three Hole Breaker Horrors. <laughs> oh, God. So don't look now, but your baby might end up corrupted when people figure this out, because ramping into Hole Breaker Horror with Deadly Dispute uh, oh, is, yeah. whew, is so powerful. It's so oh, strong, man. Arjuna. Yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah, I, I think that whatever the best build of this archetype is, uh, I feel like it's got legs, and honestly, it has felt more compelling to me than either of the other two kind of extant tribes. Or I guess there's three, right? There's, well... Now, humans is probably still the best, but like the, the vampires and the werewolves, like I, th I think that's strong. Let's talk about vamps, right? Because okay. uh, obviously a lot of people have been trying it. The latest game that I played, it was actually like probably like one or two matches before I hopped on with you. I was doing some streaming today. I played against a really low curve vampire deck, which seemed pretty well built. Uh, and it definitely did pound me, you know, pounded me in the face. I, I lost. It was a best of three match. And it was just like basically playing like, you know, the one drop aggro vampire, you know, basically like all of the two drop vampires, notably absent CGB. I don't know if you've seen a single copy of the Red Cemetery dude cast. I have not yet. I, I've seen a few on YouTube. It hasn't happened against yeah. me. So I actually have not seen that dude, but I have seen plenty of the three two that we were talking about. And that card, I think, has been doing some pretty good work. The card I've been really impressed with is the other two drop, which uh, puts counters on the rest of the team. Do you remember what that vampire is called? That's that's the older one, right? It's, it's from Midnight Hunt. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, vampire names. I know, right? Here's Vampire Socialite. Vampire Socialite. Right? That sounds right. So, yeah. So, vampire and then the one from this set, again, is called Blood Tithe Harvester. So, I think both of these are just rock solid. They go right into a Rakdos Vampire list. And I think, you know, a another card which I still think is pretty good is also from Midnight Hunt. It's the 3 3 first striker that basically, like, lets you draw cards if you do your opponent damage. Yeah, Florian. That is uh, Florian the Voldaren. Yeah, so I think Florian, even though it's like a 3-3, three, three, actually, I think you can, if you do damage to your opponent and then you do it like, no, you have to play it pre-combat. So so, yes. so if you play it on turn three pre-combat and you get a hit in, it can still draw you a card. So that is kind of like pseudo ETB effect, right? Which I think mitigates some of the otherwise downside of it just being a 3-3 three, three for three that doesn't do anything the turn it comes down. So I, I think, you know, I think like some kind of Rakdos Vamps list playing those cards and like, you know, some of the other obvious choices, it has looked fairly compelling. It definitely has a crippling fear problem, and I think it it might just have a control problem in general, where I feel like it might be pretty easy to just dismantle it. What do you think? Have you ever tried to use any of the vampires you mentioned to beat a Shambling Ghast and or an Eye Twitch? <laughs> I mean, that's a good point. That's uh, a good point. Oh, oh, it's a good point. I spent a lot of time with this archetype for my first video and for my first couple minutes of stream, and oh, it's it matters. Trust me, they're... Like, when your opponent plays turn one Shambling Ghast, you might end up looking at your whole hand and going, nope. 
it's unfortunate. Like I, I mean, I've played my like four shambling ghast for I Twitch deck against one of these decks, and I felt like it should have been a killer matchup, right? I was like, I'm going wide with zombies. I'm playing these one drops. I have counter spells. Like I felt, you know, I can play crippling fear. I just felt like it should go all my way. I lost to it. Maybe I was just running bad. What happened? They got down really quickly, and they put counters on the whole team, and they just were too fast for me, basically. Yeah, it can happen. It, sometimes being on the draw is being the, on I the mean, draw. This is the this is what I've been trying to figure out, right? Is like, I feel like I'm usually pretty good at playing, you know, getting in some reps with a deck and then just saying, oh, I don't think it's very good. or Oh, this feels promising or whatever, right? Playing the zombie deck, it was really challenging for me to figure out whether it's just inconsistent or whether I was running poorly. I feel like the deck should be incredibly consistent because you've got so many dorks. You know, I'm playing village rights. I'm playing the dispute. You know, there's so much card draw. The stinger draws cards, right? And so I, I felt like I, it should be a, a very consistent deck list. And I was running into mana issues. I was running into flood issues. I was running into having, you know, like having my disputes, but no dorks to sack or vice versa. You're running into magic issues. Well, and see, that's what <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, right? Is like, yeah. so am I just getting magicked? Or is the deck not good enough, right? Here's the thing. You need certain synergies to come together for your deck to yeah. work. Other, some decks don't. They're called mono white and mono green. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of a beat, right? Is that if there's a deck that's as good as yours, but all they need to do is just like have any lands and have any spells, whereas your cards need to synergize, it's kind of rough. I will say that like having running an exploit deck with specifically Shambling Gas versus any Thalia deck feels amazing. Because they're like, yes. I'll tax your spells. You're like, oops, no spells. All creatures. Oh, and your Thalia's dead. Sorry, bro. <laughs> so that's that, pretty that nice. felt really good. So I feel like Shambling Ghast is like one of the pillars, like holding the format up against Thalia. And I actually think it's going to be. It, it's trying. Yeah. I, I think Shambling Ghast is like more important than ever. I think it's just a really great card. Yeah. White is far from unbeatable. It has some very bad matchups and most of them play black. In fact, the whole reason to play black in the format is that white is so good and so popular, probably. Because basically a, a mono black blood money deck with four meat hooks and three blood in the snows and three lulfs and four sorens and fell stinger instead of like Skullport Merchant for the most part. I, I was just having a lot of fun trouncing every version of white aggro that I came up against. Just slapping them around. It was really fun. As long as I drew enough lands to cast my hooks and get my treasures and cast my blood on the snows, it was a good time. And it felt like I had infinite cards because of Fell Stinger and Sorin and Lolf. Mm -hmm. Like, there was just always so much going on. It was by far the best Sorin deck I got to mm -hmm. play. I tried Sorin in a number of shells. It definitely didn't work in like the Demir zombie black flash kind of shell. It definitely didn't work very well in vampires, but it worked really well in mono black control style. Yeah. Like, it's just a perfect card in that deck, and it hits the curve mm -hmm. in a spot you weren't even using before. And you know how the, the nut draw with that deck was Shambling Ghast into Lulf? Like, Shambling Ghast, Deadly Dispute, yeah. Lulf, turn yeah. three. Well, now you can have Eye Twitch, Deadly Dispute, into Sorin. Sorin yeah. as so you, you have another path to a turn three Planeswalker, which on the play, those two Planeswalkers with card advantage and bodies, that those kind of classic Planeswalker abilities, can still run away with games. It's such a good fit, right? Because I feel like... It's kind of funny, but like, I feel like the blood money decks in the past were already kind of like stealthily super friend decks. Mm -hmm. 
And I feel like the inclusion of Sorin really cements them as being like, yeah, like this is really a planeswalker deck. Like your planeswalkers are your win cons and everything else is just like finding you your walkers, protecting you your walkers or getting them back from the graveyard. So yeah, I, I mean, just like we said in the review, like jump straight into that deck. And in my opinion, I feel like it's a perfect fit. And the only question is like, how many do I run? And is it the best Planeswalker for me to be running? But do you think that it like solidly, would you say solidly? Yes. Like if you're playing a mono black blood on the snow deck with Lolth and stuff, like you absolutely should add some number of copies of this to your deck. Soren? Yeah. Yeah. I think that Onyx was always kind of like borderline right for is kind of like a one-off yeah, and and valky yeah yeah they're, they're so expensive yeah. and divide by zero is such a card yeah. and they just they're like too slow against every version of is it you know negate fodder mm-hmm. right and soren takes that fight to the battlefield quicker it it just it comes down faster it forces the opponent to start being more defensive faster and i felt like professor onyx has been out of my deck since i started seeing a lot of galvanic iteration in the meta yeah. but has still been lurking in other decks same with uh, valky i haven't had in my deck for a long time but other people still play it i think in the meta we have it's soren I I don't know how you defend. In the mirror, I guess, is where Professor Onyx is a card and Valky are a card. So maybe they're a sideboard strategy if you want to play best of three. But I can't defend them in best of one when you have when you can be on the battlefield as fast as Soren is. Yeah. I also just think the life gain is really crucial. It it's is. It's like the life gain from Onyx is super crucial, but oftentimes you're just dead before you really get that online. Yeah, I do think like just being able to kind of because all that deck really needs to do is stay alive, right? If you live long enough against any kind of creature deck, you're gonna win. Yeah, I I really, I like that as well. I also just like the fact that Sorin can drop and just make two vampires right off the bat, you know? Like, you make a vamp, if no one damages Sorin, you can make another vamp, and sure you're cashing it in. But just being able to get two creatures out of it, if that's what you need, I think is really good. Yeah, and their lifelink is really good if you just want to make bodies and make Mono White's life more difficult as you try to bridge yeah. and take your time to get up to blood in the snow. Yeah. How good is Stinger, man? How good Dude. is the unicorn stinging mega zombie scorpion? Uh, okay, so... I don't know if it's if I'm just have a crush or whatever, but I have been loving this stinger. Dude, it's not just you. Dude, it isn't is that not card just, just you. busted? I love it. I love it. I had this situation where I was like I was down a ton of cards. Like yeah. a ton of cards. And my board was like an eye twitch and a fell stinger and a meat hook massacre. And my opponent was at like seven but had a whole bunch of creatures on the ground. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I'm like gonna lose this game. And I untap and I swing in with my eye twitch for one. And I like cast divide by zero on my fell stinger. And I recast my fell stinger and I sacrifice my eye twitch and I draw two. (laughs) I draw like another fell stinger and another divide by zero. And then I target the opponent. Remember, I have a meat hook and then I divide my fell stinger and target them again. You just drain them out. They're dead, Arjuna. It's a burn spell. (laughs) You know what my favorite thing to do is? Like whether your opponents are two or not, my favorite thing to do is just Agadim's Awakening for six. You just go up the chain, right? And it's just Dude. like, it's gross. It's gross. I can't believe you're not trying the Graph Reaver. I've had a number of times where like I was getting stuff back and I just bring back Graph Reaver and exploit something and kill their their Ren. Like I just as like a one of, 
or a two of the cards actually done me a lot of good. Yeah, it sounds great. Honestly, I've just been playing it as more of a value deck. So I've been prioritizing just like getting more docks, right? Just like so that that's why I've liked the skull scarf is that it, you just like get more bodies on the ground. I, I mean, I'm high on Graf Reaver, so I wouldn't be surprised if it was right to run that in some number. Honestly, I haven't been playing against green decks. So that's part of it. Wow. Like the matchmaker has just not been giving me green. I think that of the three, the big three colors right now, which is a white, green, and is it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think green got the worst of it because sure. like like pack leader is a really good card, but you don't always draw it. There's only four of them and you have to replace yeah. other very powerful cards to run it. And if you don't have it on turn one, it's a much worse draw on turn six. So I think green actually got the fewest real upgrades. So white getting better and is it getting better is probably bad for green. I, it's still yeah. a very powerful deck and still better than most of the format, but it feels like it got the fewest big buffs. I would agree. Out of the big three, I would agree with you. Uh, all the same, it didn't stop Rum T from going something like 30 matches undefeated with the deck. Nothing does. Like the guy is, <laughs> the guy is just the green giant. He's a, he, he's a poster for mono green. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what cards are legal. Yeah. It, that, it, it really work. doesn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's just, he knows how to fit that particular niche. So it's not that it's not an accomplishment, and I hate to sound dismissive, but at this point, I, like, I think most of the community has checked out when he posts his screenshot of how busted Mono Green is on day yeah. one, because he'll win with any Mono Green cards. He's that devoted to the archetype. If he posted a Mono Blacklist and said it was busted, the world would be like, oh my God, this <laughs> yeah. must be the greatest craft, but craft, Black craft, has ever craft. been. Yeah, yeah, but since it's green and since it's him everybody's like become immune you're right it's almost like a meme at this point where it's like day one of the new set rumty gets number one on arena playing mono green what else is new right yeah yeah he's done it for over a year yeah so i mean total badass yeah definitely uh if you're a mono green mage and you're not aware of rumty go start worshiping at the altar right now uh, he's <laughs> but he's just a great guy as well but uh yeah i mean hard agree i know we've kind of spent a long time of talking about these zombie decks but one of the reasons i got excited about this archetype that we're talking about here is that i felt like it could have a great match against mono white and it could have a great match against is it and i feel like those are basically the two best decks in the format right now so mm -hmm. if i'm right about that and if people can build it properly i actually think it could be a player and interestingly enough it could be one of those decks that's like not necessarily a ladder deck but is a tournament deck it's one of the only things that has enough interactive pieces that kind of fight both ways to have a real shot and that's why people are excited it also has a lot of options and demir you know people just generally like a kind of underserved color combination like demir which hasn't been i would say really really good in a very long time so it's it, it's always popular even when it's not good so i think there's hope i think that some version will at least have a shot and when i say demir and popularity and strength i don't mean rogues <laughs> That was like the weirdest of outliers, <laughs> though. We'll see. Maybe maybe they hang in there. Yeah. So let me tell you, one of one of the cards that I've consistently find myself butting in in this format and which I will not leave home without in any black deck is Go Blank. I feel like, in my opinion, Go Blank is like mm. as good as it's ever mm. been. And I think it's like for for trying to get those Hallbreaker Horrors out of your opponent's hand, I think for just clearing out your opponent's graveyard, whether they're leering about, 
Or, or like, yeah, any of these mono black decks, just being able to empty their graveyard is so important so they don't get value out of blood on the snow. So yeah, I've I've really been high on Go Blank. Let's talk about a new card that I've actually been quite high on. I have found that Parasitic Grasp has lived up to expectations. I've basically kept adding more copies to my main deck and sideboard, and I've not been disappointed by that card. What, what do you think about that? Haven't played it, haven't played against it. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's that's interesting. I haven't really seen anyone playing it, but I got so much play out of it. It could be because of the matchups that I've been getting, but it's good against werewolves. Most of those wolves come down as humans. It's good against mono white. And there's just like a surprising number of other creatures that are incidentally humans. Uh, and then, of course, the fail case of it just being, uh, what is it, essence capture? Is that the name of the spell? Uh-huh. That does what? The deal three, gain three, I, one black, black. Uh, Essence Capture is the old version, right? So the new version is called... Uh, Parasitic, Parasitic Grasp. Grasp. Okay, I got it. Yeah. We're working on it. I, I'm working on it. Got it. No, it's cool. It's cool. It's a new set. Essence anyway. Extraction, actually. Oh, I Essence think. Extraction. Is Capture the Counter spell? Yeah, we knew that. We knew it was something. We knew there was something okay. off. We got there. So anyway, the essence extraction version of it has been totally serviceable for me as well. Obviously, it's not as good, but you can still just like hit your mono green opponent's creature. I do love that this can kill the werewolf pack leader. That's just like awesome. Anyway, yeah, I've been really impressed with that card so far. Maybe it's just day one meta, but I've really liked it. I'm trying to think about other new cards that have been impressing me. Well, in mono white, it's been interesting to see kind of the wrestling for Mono White's one drop soul because Thalia, oh, yeah. Thalia is showing up. Like there, there's no question. Thalia is freaking everywhere. And the very first time I played Thalia against my green opponent, I knew, oh God, this is actually really nuts against Mono Green. Their Ranger class yeah. didn't come down on turn two. Their Blizzard Ugh. Brawl, like I Skyclaved apt whatever creature they played on three, and they couldn't yeah. play Troll couldn't play into Chariot. Blizzard Brawl, and they couldn't play oh, Chariot. Yeah. Yep. They couldn't do either of those. <laughs> That's such a beat. Dude. And you just saw them like stare oh, at their God. hand, like they snapped off like whatever their three <laughs> drop was on turn four, like Mammoth, and they played their land, and then you just see this pause. <laughs> like, oh. Oh no. Oh, it's so naughty, dude. It's <laughs> and then, so naughty. And then the next turn you see them like play a tapped land and just sit there for a minute looking at that chariot that's oh, not coming man. down and they're dead, baby. I'm imagining curves in mono white where you go Thalia on two into Redain on three and your mono green opponent just wants to freaking flip the table, right? They're just like, great, all my lands come and tapped. I can't kill either of these creatures. There was a point where I'm like at like a pretty close parody with a mono green player. And what did they do? They, somehow they like kept on top. I don't remember what it was or how it was that they scried, but the, something happened where like they, they looked at their top card and kept it. And I don't remember exactly how because it's green. So it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. But somehow this happened. And I remember being like, OK, they kept their top card. So it's got to be good. And I pass it back to them and they have four mana and I have a Thalia in play and they draw their card. And then they just, their head explodes. I'm like, they kept Chariot, but they couldn't cast it. (laughs) (laughs) They kept the Chariot. Oh, man. Oh, man. You're you're just going to see so much of that, right? Where there's a, like, your opponent confidently moves into their turn, and then there's a pause, and then you kind of see their lands highlighted. And then eventually you see yeah, Thalia yeah, highlighted and then it's they great. just explode. But like, uh, the other thing in white is <laughs> the battle for the one drops. And there's a 5-0 yeah. list in the Crokies tournament that has four hopeful initiate. So that's a card I was pretty excited about. That's 
So that was yep. That uh, was there's the another undefeated list with four hopeful initiate as well. Um, there are multiple versions with I'm not kidding. Code spell cleric, dude. Code spell cleric showed up for me on day one of this format. I literally hadn't mm-hmm. seen that version of the deck in a long time because uh, people were playing like the world's version, right? They were playing the dog version, and that kind of became the de facto list. And I literally hadn't seen it for like probably a month or more and for some reason on day one of this format it was like code spell cleric central i have no idea what was going on i was seeing the spirit it was like the spirit code spell deck right it was the it was the two spells deck it does look like there's there might be like a critical mass issue because the other card that's actually been getting me in the way that selfless savior got me the Selesnya Humans deck, and, and some of the Mono White decks, I don't know how they do it, but Allenbrock Escort is always in the hand with Luminarch Aspirant. <laughs> like that card, you can sacrifice it to give a creature with a plus one, plus one counter indestructible or lifelink. They always yeah. have them together. I have never <laughs> once seen them play this card on turn one and then play a Sun Gold Sentinel or a Clarion oh Spirit. It God. doesn't happen. They always have the two of them. And I'm always like, God, are we really doing Selfless Savior Part 2? Are we really doing this again? They always have it, man. It's it's disgusting. Rough times. Rough times in White Landia. That's interesting. I, you know, I haven't played with or much against that one drop training, dude. What's that? What's that one called? The the initiate the, uh, or the initiate. hopeful what, initiate, hopeful initiate. That's the one too with training, right? Yes. Yeah, I I watched some other streamers play against that card, and it looked exactly as I thought it would. Like kind of embarrassing because, like you know, maybe it was just people playing more controlling lists, or you know, people who are consistently able to answer the two drop. But I feel like if you Arjuna, play that on one, if it's a streamer playing against it, you can't evaluate based on that because streamers have the privileged god accounts to get great draws and always. I win. suppose they do, yeah. huh? <laughs> well, I didn't factor that in crafties, but there you go. Uh, you know what? All I got to say, CGB, is I didn't get an intern. No? No. No. When I when I signed my contract with the devil to stream magic on Twitch, there was no, like, intern at Watsy Claws. So. I heard they're thinking about just letting anybody do it. Just let <laughs> oh. anybody stream Magic the Gathering on Twitch. All you got to do is, like, sign up and hit some buttons. That's what I heard. I'm not about that, well, man. I'm I'm the cemetery yeah, gatekeeper of this graveyard, man. We gotta we gotta shut that down. <laughs> I gotta keep these whitelisted streamer accounts to myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we're losing our edge, CGB. What are we gonna do? I think I'll be okay. Okay, so but you were impressed with the trainee or whatever, um, and it seems to be doing some work. So maybe that is the new de facto one drop. I'm still not convinced after my just cursory kind of watching some games play out and whatever. But you know, it's gonna take some reps. Well, I suppose time will tell. I think we've done a pretty good overview of the format. Was there anything, any other card you definitely wanted to highlight? I wanted to talk a little bit about werewolves. I've seen a number of werewolves lists. Maybe it's just because I've been playing in like platinum and diamond and stuff. But I saw some like three color werewolf lists. And at first I was like, preposterous. How could you possibly do it? And then I remembered that the mana bases are actually pretty good. And also like a lot of these were like some fairly playable werewolves are three drops, right? So um, yeah, so we have the Hasto one. I'm so bad with names. Reckless Stormseeker. Yeah, so we have Reckless Stormseeker. I also saw people playing the the graveyard eating one with Ward. Graveyard Trespasser. Yep, Graveyard Trespasser. So is there anything new though? Because the mana bases were pretty good. I like Jund Werewolves and Naya Werewolves are both things that we played before. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there was anything particularly notable that stood out to me that they were playing in these lists. 
the other pack leader. <laughs> What's right? it called? It is a pack leader. Is it? That's so tilting. Oh, yeah. Yes, it is. It's ascendant pack leader. So the one drop and the two drop are both called pack leader. Check it out. The two one is called ascendant pack leader. Pack leader is one word. Yeah. The two drop is werewolf pack leader. Uh, pack leader is two words. That is... How tilting is you that? You know what that means, Kovac Go Blue, is that you're going to search on Arena for one of them, and you're going to get the other one, and you're going to be like, wait, wait, what happened? What the hell's going on here? <laughs> That's so But when bad. you have them both, who's... But who's leading the pack? <laughs> I mean, it's either spelled one way or another. Who's the leader here? I think this is what happens, right? Is that the Ascendant Pack Leader comes down on turn one and it's like, yeah, I got this. And then the the Werewolf Pack Leader comes down on two and it's like, no, you don't. It's all me. (laughs) It's all me. And then the Cat Chariot shows up and they're just like, actually, it was us all along. Cats and dogs working together. (laughs) Mass hysteria. (laughs) so anyway but it was just interesting because i hadn't really played against any like three color werewolf lists before this set and it just made me wonder if the mana was the difference i think that was like the only three color shenanigan i was really seeing from my cursory play on the ladder but here's here's just something that i want to say is that again it was very clear to me that i was just getting match made right and so i really feel like it's been hard for me to get my finger on the pulse of the format, especially since I've been playing a deck which is like mostly commons and uncommons. I feel like Arena's been kind of like trying to throw me some softballs or something like that. That's just one thing to note is that like if there is anything really interesting and innovative, I may have just not seen it just based on my matchmaking because I've mostly been playing the zombie deck. It's only been two days. Yeah. I've played against surprisingly little control, which surprises me because I had heard some other people saying that there was quite a lot of control going around. Oh. It's the matchmaker. So arena matchmaker, nobody knows for sure how it weights what decks you play against. But when I played the zombie deck I described to you that was similar to yours with Skyclave Shades, I was playing against Death Touch Tribal. Oh, really? And Cleric Life Game. Yeah. (laughs) So that's it. It's like play cute nonsense, right? That, and that's in Mythic. That tells that this you, is that's what I'm yeah. saying is like Arena just doesn't think it's a good deck because it's all commons and uncommons. So then today I play my whole Breacher Horror, you know, yeah. is it deck? I didn't play against a mono white all day. Yeah. Just all, all <laughs> black control, blue control, is it? Like every <laughs> single matchup, every game, which it's like, I'm ready for that. I Like I said, I have the four Smoldering Eggs, the four Jacobs, and the three Hull Breacher Horrors. And uh, oh, it was, a, it was a feast for crows, man. A feast Dude. for crows and krakens, baby. You, you know what my biggest matchmaker tilt was on day one? So day one, I fired up 75% of my matches of mono white, right? I'm starting to get tilted on stream. It's really annoying, right? All I had to do to solve that issue was I main decked two parasitic grasps, zero mono white the rest of the night. (laughs) So I considered that a win. I beat them just by putting cards in my deck that the matchmaker was like, oh, we can't be having that. So, yep, that's how I sidestepped it. Wow. Wow. You leveled arena. Yep. Cue the comments of people telling us that we have responsibility as influencers in the community to not spread such conspiracy theories. Dude, I'm over it, man. Full tinfoil hat. Bring it. (laughs) You know, I'm not sure about the shuffler. 
but I'm a matchmaker truther 100%. Oh, the matchmaking is rigged. We just don't know how. But, like, it doesn't make sense that we play this new zombie deck full of commons and uncommons and we're fighting Death Touch Tribal. Like, the... You know, yeah. you feel it. You feel it. And, it. and it really is a tilt because like I build my deck against what I think is good in the matter and I just don't play against yes. it. And it's just annoying. So like yes. I've, I've had to warp my deck into something else, right? Because, you know, I want to get those wins on the ladder. And so I'm currently just playing like Demir good against random crap on the ladder deck. Like that's basically what I'm playing at the moment. At some point, we have to make a show called The Truth About MTG Arena, (laughs) where we just go over how trying... No, I'm serious, Like, because this is a big thing, because people use MTG Arena as a competitive outlet and a way to kind of uh, assess their own skill and value and their metagaming skill. And there are things that keep it from being that. And most people don't talk about it or chalk it up to random or chalk it up to, you know, algorithm or whatever. But, like, there is a truth... To at least early in a format, you do not play against the real meta. You play against the matchmaker meta. And you can't figure out, like, you you really can't. You cannot figure out if your deck is a top-tier deck because you cannot get matched against another top-tier deck if you build your deck a certain way. On the other hand, you can build, you can exploit it. You can build your deck with no non-basic lands and get, like, much easier matchups than you would otherwise. The thing is, like, people using this as a competitive outlet and as a way to kind of evaluate themselves as a player and a deck builder, they're not seeing the truth. No. Yeah, it's it's kind of, you know, it's a li- we'll have to do that show someday. We will. The truth about magic. The truth. Arena. We'll have to talk yeah. in hushed tones the whole time, you know? I'm going to wear actual tinfoil. An tin actual tinfoil hat? Yeah, yeah baby. Yeah. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> anyway, I think I answered your question about like anything else on the ladder. Played a lot of rando decks. A lot of them weren't very good. Anything you want to play this week? Anything on your list now after uh, either after our show or? It's more about what I'm not going to be wanting to try. So crafties, anything in the Saltai constellation, just burn it. Okay. Poor, poor Arjuna. Just burn it. Like, oh, it's so sad. Literally unplayable. Literally unplayable. You know, I've I took my uh, I took my Saltai Storm the Festival deck for a spin, and that was fine. It's a solid deck. It's a strong deck. It's fine. It's whatever. It's still performing. Anything outside of that has that I've tried has been like hot flaming garbage. That deck got a total of four cards from the new set, and you know what they were? They were two dual lands in one color and two dual lands in the other color combo, and that was it. And Saltai is another one of those combos that had like a two-year run of being pushed. Yep. They're just it's off over. it. They're off it, dude. It's over now. It literally, yeah. I mean, Dig Up is the only card to even consider. And uh, and I wouldn't because it doesn't ramp you. So, yeah, that's what I'm not going to be working on is Simic or Saltai. So I'm sorry, Crafties. I wanted to do the good work, but it's just not there. We have nothing new. So, you know, just play whatever Simic or Saltai list you were already having fun with and do however you were doing with it, right? Uh, what about you, CGB? I've been trying some of the things that I haven't been excited about. One of them is Faithbound Judge. Oh, yeah. AKA Sinner's Judgment in a blue-white. This is my wincon shell. And I did figure out two good matchups for this card. Okay. I'm listening, but I want to show you something. But anyway, tell me about He just left. He left. I, is, I tell you, I listened to this guy talk about Sultai. Saltai, Saltai, Saltai. As soon as I say something about blue-white, he just up and leaves. 
up and exits the building. I, 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 do I have your attention now? <laughs> I, well, I wanted to. I wanted to. Show digging you, for something. I wanted to show you something, CGB. These these are the two cards that I won at my F and M draft with my friends the other night. All right. So the first one, faithbound, faithbound judge. judge. The second one. Oh, <laughs> I can't get away man. from this card, man. Dude, I can't get dude. away from this card. Just give in, <laughs> give in. It's so good. Anyway, okay, so tell me about your Faithbound Judge deck. So, first of all, it's not a Lear, Holebreaker, Horror, like, Jacob deck. Like, that's a whole different yeah. animal. This is more of a classic, like, blue-white with a ton of counters and card draw and memory deluge. And then Faithbound Judge trying to be a win con. I did figure out there are two matchups where you're really happy about it. Matchup number one, all the black control decks. Oh, because they just can't remove it. When they figure yeah. out that they need an introduction to Annihilation in their sideboard, things will change. But it, it really is just a case of, like, I've been too greedy and a bit of a snob to put that in my sideboard. Like, I do not want to pay five mana sorcery speed to exile permanent and give them a card. I'm a better magic player than that. I would rather <laughs> I would rather play my way out of that difficult position yeah. than just exile it in a, with a terrible spell. <laughs> now you're not going to play your way out of this. Like, it's brutal. I, I, I'm CGB. I smoke only the good lessons, right? That's yes. That's that's it. Um, so yeah, as soon as they have intro to annihilation, it won't be as good. The other one, life gain. Oh yeah, it You're doesn't like, matter if you're at hundred life. I don't care. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that's yep. Awesome, nice cleric dude. class. Yeah. Oh. So I'm gonna keep working on uh, the faithbound judge blue whitey thing because yeah. it's actually pretty fun, and I I don't know that it'll be good, but it suits my play style. So yeah. and and it does make the opponents who are trying to play is it kind of miserable? Although I don't know if it'll ever beat a hole breaker horror in its life. So that's one thing. The other thing I'm gonna try is a current five and zero list in the Crokies tournament, which will conclude tomorrow. So I hope this player does very well. Uh, Philippe Landim is playing blood money but it has four copies of edgar charmed groom oh so wow yeah it, it's using edgar as just a value package mm -hmm. where you sacrifice it it dies and just you just crank out those one ones huh yeah very interesting yeah i will say i played against edgar once and it did not suck in our games i don't know if it was just that particular spot it was good against me but uh yeah it did show me it did show me real hard i played in vampires and it was horrible okay yeah. Like I, I hated it. And I, I had the man to cast it every time. Yeah. No problem. But you just never it just never to. was never. See, good, that's the thing. Know? Yeah. I think it was in a situation where I was already losing. I still don't think the card's good, but I want to try it in this value shell though. It looks pretty fun. I bet mono white is tortured a bit if you get to make a lot of tokens and also sweep boards. But of course they also exile it effectively, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> mono white. They just exile everything. Who cares? I feel like it's so CGB to be like, so I'm gonna play this this Markov card. And it's only there to get sacked to Mystical Dispute so I can start churning out tokens. Like, get the dispute, <laughs> but yeah, yep, bingo. That's exactly, that's like the most CGB thing ever. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's up my alley. And it also keeps it from getting exiled, so I'm glad you mentioned yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, I'm enjoying trying these new cards, so I don't know if any of them are going to topple the big three, but meh. You know, we'll we'll get down in the first week while the getting down's good before we're just thoroughly, you know, seasoned and and cynical and world weary standard players. 
play your overcharged amalgams and Jacob Hawkins now before they're making people miserable. <laughs> Indeed. And and they're, and they're salt scooping to them. Yep. Yeah, that, that, that's where we'll be in two weeks. Yep. I haven't played against the Jacob, so I'll take your word for it. But I do think that the amalgam is definitely a top five card in the set. I think you're going to see a lot of that card. I think it's going to end up being just like a total staple in some deck that you absolutely hate. And you're going to start groaning every time you see it. Just wait till you see the whole Breaker Horror mirror. Oh, man. man. Just wait. Oh, man. Oh, last last story um i did have one of those never-ending hole breaker matchups and for me it was life gain so it was it was literally i'm sure you've had games like this right where like i had hole breaker down i bounced that whole board they just play that whole board again and gain like 25 life and then like i bounce everything again and then they just gain 25 life and eventually i'm like well this was fun scoop <laughs> so anyway i guess that's gonna roll us out here just another arjuna losing story what's new but uh <laughs> you know i'm a real winner because all of you showed up to listen to me this week and every week and that's that's the real win because i love playing about i you know maybe the only thing i like more than playing magic is talking about magic especially with my pal cgb you can listen to us do that every week on your podcatcher of choice we're pretty much on all of them you can also find us at Spotify. You can watch this show live or, you know, moving us talking on Covert Go Blue's channel. You can also catch Covert Go Blue streaming multiple times per week. And you can catch me streaming intermittently. I do tend to stream more with these new set releases. So, you know, you'll probably see me streaming in the next couple of weeks. We're also going to be at GP Vegas. I guess not a GP, but it's... Uh, it's called MTG MTG Vegas. Vegas. Thank you. Uh, this coming week. And so we're going to try to, you know, make some kind of cool content there. I don't know quite how it's going to turn out, but there'll, there'll be something. You'll, you'll see it. You'll hear it. Keep an eye out for that. That's really exciting. We're probably going to come back from that just totally juiced up. It's going to be just like a big old magic content creator orgy. So don't say that. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> God, no. Hey, dude, it's just going to be a big old blood party. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be going home early on that note. My wife is not going to have anything to get mad at me about. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry, Kovac Gojina. I'll, I'll keep an eye on him. So, yeah, buddy, that's going to do it for me. And uh, how about you, CGB? Thanks to the patrons. You guys help keep the lights on and pay the bills and keep the editors fed. So we appreciate you. And I hope you guys have a lot of fun. No matter what I think of a format or no matter how much fun I'm having or not having, at its core, Magic is a game. Try to remember to have fun and, damn it, play some new cards. Thumbs up, crafties. And later. <laughs>